Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I have Alicia Michelle here with me. So thank you, Alicia, for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to be on the podcast today. I'm excited. So fun. And Alicia is a mindset coach, which I think is going to be so cool just to hear your perspective on just how we can transform our thinking and get out of this rut of perfectionism and achievement. And those are all like words that I would even, you know, put into my resume of like who I am. So this is right? for me. So thank yeah, you no, to totally everyone else who's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I think um, for the longest time, that was how I described myself happily. Like that was a, an asset right? Like I work really hard. I'm a perfectionist. I'm going to get it done for you in a job interview. That's you used the word resume. That's exactly what I think I would have said, but yeah, we'll talk about the uh, not so pretty side of it today. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. There is a double side to that. There's positives, but then there's also things that can trap you into a cycle that is not healthy and is not life-giving. It totally can pull you down. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then I've got a lot of questions I want to jump through. Yeah, perfect. Well, I'm Alicia Michelle. I am known as the Christian Mindset Coach. So I am a certified neuro coach and then also a Bible teacher. And so my work is all done under the umbrella of my websites. I work exclusively online. It's vibrantchristianliving.com. And I have a podcast and also courses, one of them called the Christian Mindset Makeover, and lots of free resources on the site that help women get the tools that they need. So this is my focus, equipping women with the tools they need to know how to renew their mind. And to do that, the tools we use are brain-based tools, so brain science, and also biblical wisdom. So I love being able to marry the two of those that it's not just listen to this Bible verse or memorize this or just learn this about your brain. It's combining the both of them together and then teaching women what needs to be refreshed and reframed inside of them in order to step out of these mindsets. So that's what I get to do. I am also a mom of four kids. My oldest is almost 19. Next week is our birthday week around my house. So literally my oldest son, his birthday is on the 19th. And then my second son, his birthday is on the 22nd. And then my husband's birthday is on the 23rd. And then we have Thanksgiving. So it's literally, we call it birthday week <laughs> of this next okay. week. So they're all turning 19, 17. And then I have a daughter who's 14 and a son who's nine. And we live in San Diego. So that's so us. Cool. And yeah, I'm excited to get started. That's awesome. Well, so cool. Well, yeah. you kind of alluded to this may have come from your journey. Yeah. So I'm curious, even before I jump into the specifics of this, like, tell me a little bit about how this was something maybe you confronted, um, perfectionism, achievement, and why you wanted to help others. Right. This is the basis of who I was for years, probably for most of my life, honestly. I grew up being a very anxious child. I always felt like what's, I, I, I was literally that kid who went to her own birthday parties and was like sick in the bathroom throwing up because she was so upset and nervous. I mean, that's, that's so, that's a true story. But I grew up just having, I know you wanted to talk about the Enneagram, having a type three Enneagram personality 
which is all about achievement, working hard, doing the right thing, being able to shape shift into the different whatever people need at the moment. And so I learned very quickly that I was good at school. I was good at doing things. And so what I did, and I got approval for it, and I got praise for it, and I got love for it. So I learned without even realizing it, that if I worked hard, got good grades, did all the things, was captain of this and president of that, then I could be loved and accepted. And so that works, works, quote unquote, well, until it doesn't. When And that really comes when life throws curves balls at you where you're like, but I worked really hard, so why didn't I get this? Or, but I still don't feel enough. I still feel empty. I still don't measure up. And so, that crisis started building around nine, age 19 for me. And that's when I became a Christian. So I did not grow up knowing Christ. So at age 19, that that big answer was, was fulfilled for me of like, wow, this is my purpose. This is how I can find meaning. But for the next maybe 20 years, 15, 20 years, it was like, I still don't feel enough. I still don't feel loved. I still don't feel worthy. And so that was when I started coaching and learning about neuroscience and realized this was what was missing is that I had all these subconscious beliefs that were different, that were different from what I was hearing at church, different from what I had been told to believe about myself or what God says. And that's where so many of us are stuck. And so unraveling why I still felt unloved, unworthy, and not enough, where did that come from? And those were messages that we now know for our brains develop around the ages of nine to 13. We get those questions answered. How am I loved? Am I worthy? Am I enough? Our brain subconsciously answers those in the ways that we are being reinforced. So for me, I was loved when I performed. I was good enough when I was liked by a boy. I mean, all of those things. And so I love helping women find that freedom because it's not just because we get so frustrated. We're like, why can't I just believe this? If God says this, why can't I just believe it? But we're fighting our own biology because it's our subconscious mind that has these things in it that we have to get to the root of and literally rewire using something called brain priming to rewire the whole neurological structure of that specific thought and replace it with the truth. So that's what I get to do in things like the Christian Mindset Makeover and in one-on-one coaching with women. So that's my story, but that's why I'm passionate about it because when you get that, that's when freedom comes. That's when confidence comes. That's when peace comes because you're not working to strive to, 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 to become who you are. Like, I'm not trying to prove to myself anymore that I'm good enough. I just, that is so solid in me, that truth about what God said. I mean, God's word hasn't changed. It's just that truth is now in me in a different way. So I could talk all day about that, but it's- well, I could listen all day. <laughs> so the one part, well, lots of things came up for me. The one about being an Enneagram three, which I am as yeah. well. So it's like an oh, achievement heck. junkie, right? Um, oh yeah. Success oh, yeah. addict, you know, like yep. um, it's addictive. It's like you said, I don't know that I ever experienced not being loved growing up because I was always performing, you know, and always getting the accolades. And so right. I don't blame for that because it's like, why not have a parent and teachers and the community giving you a pat on the back and praising your sure. hard work? But yeah. then it became um, my identity and it, the fear of what if I didn't perform? I think that was yes. the biggest thing is like, what if I yeah. don't do? And I remember when I got my first B plus in college and I was devastated and my parents weren't. And I was like, but, you know, it's like, then I realized my standard was higher than theirs, 
you know, yeah. so that was really good for me to see. I'm living up to a standard that I think everybody else has for me and they don't, but they're mm. proud of me as I'm doing these accomplishments. But I think I had equated it with love and they weren't equating it with love, mm. you know? And so I'm curious for you. So, you know, we learned as little kids um, to adapt to our environment and survive was through achieving and performing. That's what an Enneagram yeah. three personality type does. So yes. now with knowing what you know and the freedom mm. and the veil that's been lifted for you, you're still a three, right? But how is that different? You just don't find your identity mm. there. Like you're achieving to, ach but just not to gain love. Is that accurate? Design? Yeah. Yes. That's a, that's a, that's one way to put it. I think it releases success and achievement to be enjoyable. It's not a means to an end anymore, whether we re recognized it or not, because I didn't for so long. I just thought this is how I, I mean, I didn't recognize the connection, but success and achievement has been answered for me. The answer has been given in the foundation that Christ has given me in my identity. So because that is so solid in me now, when I try new things, when I fail, it's I'm able to step into them as an experiment, as something that is 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 literally because it's because it's not defining me anymore. Before it was like if I get it wrong, then there's something wrong with me that I have to get it right right away. The learning process isn't possible. Like what's wrong with you? Why don't you just already know this? You're already, you know, but it's like it's so it's so different. So here's a great example. Last week for the first time I took a pottery class. So I took pottery back in college which was like 20 some years ago and it was super fun but i haven't been on a pottery wheel in forever but i thought you know what i want to bring one of my things that i want to work on in 2022 is bringing more life bringing more fun spontaneity getting out of myself a little bit my head and fun really is the is the main word and so i thought okay pottery why not we'll just try this so I sat down and I mean, there were people in the class of all different kinds of skill levels and I didn't do very well. <laughs> I had like, my, my friend asked me afterwards, she's like, oh, so what did you make, right? Like the goal is to make something. And I said, well, I made about 11 different things and every single one of them fell and broke and were a mess. And I had to crumple them over and start off again. And then I ended up with one mug shape, I think that I'm gonna work on next week. But the biggest lesson that I walked away from, and that's why I'm mentioning it to this is with you guys, is that when I left last Monday, I just was like praising God because I, every single time that pottery fell and broke, I was like, oh, okay, all that didn't work. All right, let's just keep going. Whereas before I would have been like so devastated, like angry at myself, like what? this is stupid. Why don't you just do this? What's wrong with you? Like all of those voices. And so it was just like, sometimes when you do this kind of work, you don't really recognize the, the, the changes that God has made in you until you get to the next something else that triggers you before. And then you're like, Oh my word. So I was just so grateful. I'm like, Lord, thank you for that freedom. So that's what I'm saying is like, we can step into new things and try new things without the pressure of it defining who I am. Love it. And so that's the gift of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess another thought I had was, you know, God sees our attempts to earn his love and acceptance yeah. as dirty rags. He doesn't want that. Right. Because right. one, it puts the focus on us. That's something mm -hmm. we earn. And he's like giving this gift of free grace, undeserved. Yeah. But in our mind, in my mind, especially as a three, I've always claimed that, that as a three, I don't want a free gift. 
I want to earn yes. it. I want to work for it. I want to right. stand beside it proud and say, this is what I did. And the thought of right. going before Christ and, you know, God saying, why should I let you in to spend eternity with me? I want to be like, because this, and this, this, and this. And he's going to look at that and say, that's filthy rags, where the only yeah. thing that he wants to hear is I have put my trust in Christ and his blood mm. covers all. But that, I mean, I think about the pathways in our brain, and this is where I want to hear more about the biology part of it, because I don't know that many mm -hmm. people know as much about that, but just that these pathways of lies, of half-truths that are like, mm -hmm. you know, voices in our head that we've hear, heard maybe for decades at this point, those sure. ruts and pathways in our brain are so deep. Like, yeah, how do I get out of those ruts of lies, you know? Yeah. And I want to hear about the brain priming. I think you talked about, but it's like, I just think I get a little discouraged when I think about how deep those ruts are in my brain and maybe others. Sure. Sure. What you described is so, so right in line with what a perfectionist would think in that I don't want your free gift not because I don't love you, God, not because you're not worthy. But if we think about it, what does it say about us? It says that we're weak. It says that we can't do something. And so if we can't do something, then that must mean that we're not good enough. That must mean we're not worthy. And we don't want to admit that. So if we keep peeling back the layers, we really see at the root of all of this is fear. It's a fear of being seen as not enough. And if, I mean, again, if our whole identity is built on being enough, doing enough, achieving, I, subconsciously, I don't want to do that. So a couple things about the brain. The brain is always trying to keep us safe and alive. It's trying to keep us functioning. That's its entire goal. So it's trying to keep us safe in the sense of subconsciously, especially. If, if something comes that's a threat, it's going to try to do whatever it takes to keep that safe. So we may logically in what's called the prefrontal cortex, this front part of our brain, our logic center, we may logically say, well, God's love is the only thing that's going to make me filled up. You know, like I can't achieve it. All the things that we know are true, but subconsciously, again, we have the pattern of, but I know, and I though it's been reinforced in my brain is that if I try hard and I do good, then I will receive love. And so that's the pattern. So every single time that subconscious pattern is going to win unless we actively change the subconscious pattern. So the patterns that I tend to work with with women are these patterns around love, worth and enough because those are the key things that deal with perfectionism and comparison is another big one. Um, worry is another big one that women deal with. And when we strip it down to how have we answered those questions? it becomes very evident of like, wow, this is the pattern that's in there. And so part of the Christian mindset makeover we do is we take, we go through several exercises where we approach this from all kinds of angles to say like, how have we answered this question? And what do we need to, what does it need to be instead? What do I personally need to know and to hear? How do I personally need to have that, that, that voice calmed, so to speak, so that this new pattern that's created is the default pattern that it goes to versus the old pattern. So how that works is, again, um, through something called brain priming. So to understand brain priming, basically, the subconscious mind is like a supercomputer. It runs whatever we tell it to run. So 
awesome feature that God gave us in our brains, because if we ran everything through our logical mind, experts say it's something like 8,000 calories a day we would burn just in thinking through things. I mean, that's great for our waistline, but you know, that, that adds up really quickly when we're talking about survival. So the subconscious mind's job in this sense is to take those actions that are repeated, that are we do over and over and to streamline it like a a soundtrack as we refer to it in the Christian mindset makeover. You like you just press this button and pff, a program runs. So like, this is why we don't have to learn how to ride a bike a thousand times, or we don't have to learn how to eat with a fork a thousand times because our brain has already said, this is how you do it. And we've practiced it enough and it's reinforced the pattern that when we get on that bike, we just go. That's the same thing that's happened with our thoughts is that we have these patterns that are there that when I hear a certain thing or a certain situation is triggered, I automatically respond from that subconscious mind a certain way. So what the brain priming does is again, we, we identify what that is through several exercises getting us to that. And then it literally, it prunes away the old negative soundtrack and it adds in a new soundtrack. And that process takes between 63 to 67 days. That's the time that it, they've neurologically proven that it the, the soundtrack removes itself and then gets a new one gets added in. And this is why you hear 67 days to make a habit. So if you've heard of 27 days to make a habit, that's true. But what's really happening neurologically in this sense is that there are both soundtracks running. So the old one and the new one, and our brain is choosing 50% of the time it's going to go to the old one and 50% of the time it's going to go to the new one. But we feel some success because we're like, well, it's, I'm feeling better, but it's not fully removed. So we go through this whole process of learning to acknowledge why it makes sense. It's there seeing the truth of what is true about it and what's not true about it. And then deciding what is, what do I going to stand? Where, how am I going to stand? Where am I going to dwell in light of all of this? And this is where I'm choosing to be. So that's a really important part about this too, is it's not just yelling at ourselves saying, and just, and just repeating something a thousand times. It's really like understanding why it's there, having compassion for it. Compassion is a huge part of this. And then letting that be the door that opens up to, to let the, that come in because it's scary to let this programming come in again, our brain is trying to protect it. So anyway, that's brain priming and that's what we, we can do with these patterns is reprogram that. And I guess it's making me think of a couple of verses, just like the transforming of our mind, mm -hmm. um, taking our thoughts captive. Like they're very yes. active things yeah. that we have to do versus just mm -hmm. ignore, 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 or don't look at that. Yeah. Don't look at that. Look at that. Now you're focused on it. It's like, um, even how you said, you know, this takes a long time. Like if this right. is 60 to 70 days. And I think about, you know, I get into a rut and I'm like, I'm going to take my thoughts captive but then I'm like, oh, it's not working. And it's like, well, you have decades of lies. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious though, to give me hope. I'm hoping that I know the answer to this, like riding a bike. I don't have to learn to ride a bike every time I get on it now. I did the hard right. work early on. Now I know and it's yeah. done. Yeah. Similar with this, you do the front end work, you replace that old soundtrack, put in a new soundtrack, practice that mm -hmm. for at least this two month-ish period or more. And then your subconscious starts playing that new soundtrack mm -hmm. without as much work from us to, I think about now, it's like, I would have to consciously think, I just thought a triggering thought, or I just had a comparison thought, or I just, you know, attached my identity mm -hmm. to my success or my failure. So I've got to stop that thought. I've got to think a new one, like so mm -hmm. much energy. Yes. Easier. Yes. To distract do something right. that just distracts me from that feeling yeah. I feel in that moment. But yeah. all of those feelings are still there. I just, I haven't dealt yeah. with them. I'm just distracting it with a call with a friend, a walk, work I have to do. 
But I'm, I'm hoping that what you're going to say is like over practice, the subconscious comes in and then that becomes the new normal. Is that absolutely? Yes. Okay. So let me answer a couple things. Yes. This is a short answer. But when you were saying about how it takes so much energy to have to capture the thought and all of this stuff. Yes. Because what did, what did I just tell you, what did we talk about before with the prefrontal cortex using 8,000 calories to logically think through everything? Because right now we, in the very beginning, if we don't have that subconscious programming, it is all prefrontal cortex thinking. We have to logically stop. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Yes. So the subconscious mind is definitely going to, once we, once we get that healing in there and that new soundtrack, that is what it's going to call upon. I, at the same time, I want to make clear that this isn't like you do this and then you're set to go for the rest of your life. Of course not, because you the brain is called what we call plastic. It's got uh, plasticity. So it's continually changing with every single thought we have. It is moving towards a certain pattern, bad or good. So if we <laughs> decide to do something different after that time and to start to believe something else, things can can start to change. But as but what? But the main thing that I want you to hear is that, yes, when you do that subconscious work, so much changes in the ways that you don't even realize it. Like I was sharing with that pottery example, like we don't even, I didn't go in there and have to logically talk myself through it. Whereas before I would have, I probably would have had to leave and like go to my car and cry for a minute and come back because I'd been so mad at myself. It just starts to happen subconsciously because the subconscious mind isn't knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's just accepting what we tell it. So if we tell it this, instead, it, it begins to stick. At the same time, that's kind of a, of a, of a long-term, big-picture approach. We also talk about in the makeover, we talk about in-the-moment stuff. Because I'm not going to tell you that there isn't stuff that happens to me every single day, just little darts that are thrown at me and you all the time. Like, well, if you thought this or if you believe this, you know, all these things. And I have to go, we have a process that we talk about called ADD, where it's acknowledge, discern and decide. So I'm acknowledging, yeah, it makes sense why I'm, I'm angry right now or why I'm feeling tired or whatever. Um, but the truth is this, the truth is not this. And so here's what I'm going to choose to believe instead in this moment. And it's this process that the more you begin to do that, the faster it gets, it's easier to, uh, to just like little darts, but right now, before you do the subconscious work, you're throwing off uh, bombs being thrown at you and you're trying to just like, you know, so once you have that in place, it becomes much easier to just be like, you know, getting off little, the little things as they come. So I hope that answers the question. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, what's interesting and I'm like, gosh, I'm in my thirties. I should have more wisdom around this or awareness, but I just, the triggers that I have, that I react too quickly. And so my triggers around comparison, achievement, success, mm -hmm. those are triggers for me. So when those words sure. come up or I feel like I'm not um, measuring up in my standard, or I think someone else doesn't think I measure up. I'm instantly triggered. I respond quickly and it might be yeah. to defend myself, to feel shame, whatever. Usually it's a protective mechanism first. So I'm going to protect, yes. protect, protect, yes. shield, guard, attack kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But then it's like, once I either process it with my husband or have a little time pass, I'm like, oh, that's why I lashed out mm. because I felt like the message that was being sent either for myself or the other person was you are not enough or yes. you are a failure, failure, um, right. you are not lovable, whatever the message. But it's interesting 
And maybe this would come with a lot more subconscious work like you're talking about, where in those moments, I could see it happening, almost like it's playing in front of me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and stop and not react with such emotion and you know fear and protection. Stop, not let that reaction come. You know, do the hard work maybe later when you're not in that maybe setting with other people, but not react, you know, and then later realize, oh, I was triggered. It's like in that moment, I don't yes. realize I'm triggered other than I'm having a very explosive reaction, you know? Yes. And so that's a couple of things. First of all, what's happening in that moment is your logical mind is not in charge. It's your amygdala in charge. And so the amygdala is the fight or flight center. It's protecting you from something. It's been triggered. Um, some people call that an amygdala hijack. So it's like literally taking over our brains. This is why we can do things like just binge eating. We can come home and be like, I just need chocolate. Like, just give me chocolate. And before you know it, you've eaten an entire case of brownies. You're like, wait, how did that happen? And, but here's what's interesting. At the end of that cycle, when we come to our senses, so to speak, the logical mind turns back on. It could literally the prefrontal cortex turns off when that happens. When we come back to our senses, we have the decision to how will we respond to ourselves after that? So like you said, you talked to your husband and you had understanding of why you were there, but we then have a choice of, okay, so am I going to then go into my typical beating myself up? Like, well, why do you keep doing this? You know better. Next time I'm going to do this. Why don't I, and we make this whole plan of just, you know, instead of looking at it from compassion and saying, oh my goodness, look at how I have been. Look at how this has been put in me and look at how now I'm trying to be different without changing this. And, and, and all of these things that have happened to me to create this. Wow. That must be really, really hard to live with that. And, you know, and learning that softening of that makes such a difference because then we're not just continuing the battering of, well, you're so bad. You're so wrong. You should know better. All of this, which sometimes we feel like can even alienate us from God because we're like, God, we, I don't need you to tell me that I need to be different <laughs> sometimes, right? I know I need to be different, but how do I get there? So anyway, that, that's a whole other discussion on compassion, but really um, that, that second piece is so critical in learning that. And the other thing about, I want to say about amygdala hijacking is that amygdala hijacking is part of being human. It can still happen, but the power of doing the subconscious work like we're talking about is that you get so much better at noticing when it's happening. Oh, look at me. Here I am doing that again. And you can stop it much faster and you can take that decision. The prefrontal cortex, the, 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 the difference between how long it takes to respond between the two of them, when you've done this kind of work, the, the data shows it's like so much faster because you're much more in tune and able to decide, all right, no, we're not, I know, okay. Yes, it makes sense, but I'm not doing that. I'm moving on, right? So it's, um, it's still there, but you have the ability literally biologically to control it in a much better way. It's like you're not taking the bait that you took in the past. It's like, yeah, you're able to notice it more. Yeah. Yeah, You're able to notice it and to, to almost laugh at yourself in a, not a funny, like, oh, you're so dumb kind of way, but just like, oh, look at me here. I am doing it again. Oh my goodness. Okay. So here, this is how I'm going to choose to respond. You recognize that you, this is one of the first things we teach women in that, in the course is like, you are in control of your thoughts. You get to decide like an air traffic controller, you get to decide what thought is going to land in your mind. And you don't, you, it under, it's understandable why we've had all these thoughts coming in because we don't know how to control them. So we don't need to yell at ourselves for what we've been doing. 
but just understanding moving forward that you are in control and you have the ability to decide and we're going to give you the tools to get there. So that's amazing. So one other thought, if we have just a second to squeeze sure. out, I'm thinking of just the fear of man part of this, you know, yeah. I think that if you struggle with comparison, achievement, success, there is a fear of man element of that. Mm-hmm. And I think through just how selfish that can be, because if it's, if, if it's comparison, you're literally looking at that person the same way you don't want to be looked at as how, yeah. how successful they are in whatever category. And if you measure up, you feel good and high and mighty and not really caring for where they are. And then if you don't yeah. measure up, you feel terrible and want yes. to tear them down. So it's yeah. a very selfish perspective. If you're coming at things from comparison, I know from times of like, I do not want to enter this setting that I've been triggered in before to go to comparison, whether it's mm-hmm. with moms or in work success or body right. image, this is a triggering setting. I do not yeah. want to spend my time that way. So I'm going to enter in with a, like literally putting on different glasses, like not seeing their body, but seeing their heart or mm-hmm. not being focused about how I don't measure up, asking them how they're doing, like, how are you really doing? versus what the perception is from what they're, you know, projecting. I'm just curious if you have thoughts around the fear of man and how that plays into some of this brain work. Yes. I love this question. Comparison. I was actually thinking about comparison this morning and relationship to self-esteem. So self-esteem is saying, I love me. I'm so good. I'm so worthy. And it's very conditional on what happens to me, how I view myself in relationship to other people, which is a normal part of being a human. There's nothing wrong with that. The question is, what are you doing with that information? Does that define who you are? Does that dictate if you're good enough or not? Are we, you know, judging ourselves off of what's going on around us? Or is it when we can get to that place of the foundation of I am solid in who I am in Christ, it does not matter. Now, again, that's a lot of the, the mindset work. But the other part that I've found that's helpful in that, because comparison was a big struggle for me for a very long time, is something that a pastor, our pastor said a couple of weeks ago, I realized that's why it's been helpful, is he talked about the difference between um, overcoming greed and you overcome greed through generosity. So he said, you cannot control greed by self-control. You can only kill greed, starve greed by feeding generosity. And I thought in terms of comparison, the way that has been, I've seen, this is why it's been helpful for me is because I've made a concerted effort in those situations like you're talking about to genuinely, well, to to work on the identity piece separately, but then to genuinely say, I am really happy for you. And to be at a place where I'm genuinely, generously giving praise. And when when both pieces come together that I don't need that praise to feel good anymore is there, it becomes so much simpler and easier to genuinely say, I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you. And that releases me from having to feel like I need to do what I need to do to make you happy. And that's why the I love me kind of stuff isn't working long-term because it all comes back to being selfish. Like you said, it's not Mm -hmm. about the foundation that's unshakable in Christ that we have. It really is about, am I good enough compared to other people? Am I enough? So um, I think it's both. I think if we can feed that generous side of of leaning into it, like really genuinely helping other people. And if they have a small business, helping them in their small business, even though you have a small business and you're like, but who's going to help me? 
if we can let go of that and go, well, if we know that God is always on my side and God is always helping me, then I can let go of that. But again, it kind of brings back all these things of like, well, why am I so afraid to trust God with this? Why am I so, what am I afraid of? So all of these things keep coming back to those three questions and getting those things right. And then it, then once those are answered, it becomes so much easier to just let it go and to love fully the way that we're called to do. Yes. Well, this has been so helpful for me. So thank you. Good. Yeah. How, how can people get in touch with you? What are next steps if people listen to this and think I want to do something about this? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. So if you want to work together, I would love to work with you and share with you more about what we do in the Christian Mindset Makeover. That's probably the best way to learn this kind of stuff. It's a nine week course that we go through where you learn how to get these tools, to know how to renew your mind, to know how to overcome perfectionism, comparison, overthinking, fear, worry, those kinds of things. We take you through a very specific process. It's on-demand work. It's um, So you can look at all the work when you want to. There's not like classes you have to attend. And then at the same time, you do get 12 weeks of live support with me. So we have calls twice a month where you can ask me questions. We have a Facebook group, things like that. But all of that is found at vibrantchristianliving.com. And then if you click on the menu for Mindset Makeover, you'll see that there. But there's also a free training that helps you learn more a little bit about this transforming your thoughts process that we've been talking about that I would love to give you just to have you check out more and to learn about it. And that is vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. And then you would just sign up for that free workshop. We just opened up a ton of new times. So you can go in there and join me for a workshop and learn more. But yeah, I would love to connect with you in either of those ways. And um, I just, again, I, I highly encourage women to ask themselves, why am I stuck in these patterns? And how different would my life be if I could be released in these ways? How much more freedom could I have? Instead of just trying to band-aid things, like you said, with running and, 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 sh and shielding ourselves from it or or um, covering it up. How much different could it be if we could get to the root of this and yeah. solve it in like nine weeks? I mean, how amazing would that be? So, yeah. yes. Well, thank you again, Alicia. It was such a good thank conversation you. and so helpful. You've sparked yeah. my interest and I know you have others oh, great. as well. So thank you thank for your time. You. Yeah. And I'll look forward to seeing everybody next week. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.